Welcome to the IMO podcast. Honest and open conversations with care leavers. Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast and today I'm talking to Rick Flo. Rick Flo is a London-based rap artist who grew up in foster care. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Now, tell me a bit about how music found its way into your life or how you found your way into music's life. Okay, well, being creative, I've, I've always been since I was a young kid. I feel like uh, before I was in foster care, um, my mum was just working all hours um, around the clock. So I, was, uh, I used to be in the house, uh, kind of like home alone but not as adventurous as the films. <laughs> um, so creativity was a way of coping, I would say. Um, and, you know, I was always just glued to the television, watching, I was going to show my age now, but um, it must have been uh, SMTV Live? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and Deck. And, uh, and, and Deck, yeah. <laughs> um, Top of the Pops, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, all, the, all, all of them, yeah, music shows that was on early in the morning morning on Saturday along with Rugrats and, and all that jazz um, um Biker Mice for Mars on Channel 4 gosh yes bringing back memories now but yeah I was just always immersed in front of television just uh just just um immersed with these characters and 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 music like Jamiroquai I remember Jamiroquai quite vividly because he was a character um so like I, I I've always loved uh just just visuals and creativity and then I would say Cut long story short, because I go on tangents a lot. Just a little disclaimer to you guys. Um, <laughs> you go ahead. Um, music. I, I always loved rhyming and rap. I always there was, there was just something about like being quite dyslexic. It's it's quite interesting. It, it was almost like rhymes and music was 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 easier for me to digest information. Um, and I was just I don't know. Obviously, there's a cool factor to it as a kid, but I just always loved listening to like top of the pops or like uh, what's it was another tape that i had i had um now 47 or whatever you know them now tapes yeah um, that they used yeah. to do the compilations of the, yeah. of the charts i always used to like play them back to front um and just learn all the lyrics to any song i don't care if it was backstreet boys if it was will smith if it was coolio whoever it was i was just learning the lyrics because i was just fascinated by this rhyme form so that was me as a kid. And then, um, you know, eventually, I guess in year six, I wanted to write my own raps, which were pretty awful at the time. But <laughs> that was my step into it. And then I would say the real catalyst of how people know me now is that when I graduated from uni, um, from graphic design, um, I, I, I wanted music to be like my personal project um, where I could, yeah, fully express myself without the thought of advertising and selling. Um, I just wanted to put my heart and soul in, in, into something that um, I feel strongly about. So um, I was never really personal before university, but just talking to a few friends about um, uh, a potential project that I might do, I was like, oh, I might do Call of Duty because Call of Duty was the, the game at the time. Mm. But then I was like, actually, you know what? Um, I might delve into my, uh, my, my story in foster care a bit more because, you know, I, I, I've been inspired by Tupac and Lauren Hill and it just feels like with rap, your authenticity is talking about your life. Um, and I didn't really know no literature at the time or even music more so about uh, a young person in care. So that was like an inkling to do it. But then I talked to my friends, I was like, nah, should I do Call of Duty just going in about bars or shall I do um, a, a project called A Boy Called Rick? which is actually inspired by a child called It. 
A Child Called It was the only book that I knew in popular culture at the time that actually shed light to the care experience. And what I loved about the book, although it was quite traumatic what this young person went through, the fact that he turned this negative into a positive, he showed resilience regardless of his past situation. I thought that was something to really um, to push in, in my music and a message that I wanted to push in my music. And those those artists you mentioned, like Lauren Hill and Tupac, they 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 write very personally, don't they? The, the, you know what they're talking about really is about is about their lives. Yeah. She's incredible. Yeah, she was with the Fugees, and then she had a solo album called "The Miseducation of Lauren Hill." That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And um, and then she quit music after that, pretty much. <laughs> But, Are you going to do that then? You've got, like, we've got uh, to grab well, you while we well, can. Well, 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 the interesting thing is you caught me at a time where um, I don't, I'm not fully clear on what the next step is. I don't feel to make more music just yet because I feel in lockdown, um, I made, yeah, three projects mm. in the space of a year and a half. So I, I, I'm in a space now as like, you know, what, let me execute my my creativity in, a, in another realm. So um, I love photography. Um, I've always done my own music videos or, or creatively directed my own music videos for me and my group. So I, I, I'm in a space of like, yeah, visuals. Um, I'm working on that. But anyway, back nice. to Lauren Hill and Tupac. Um, with Tupac especially, I just love the fact that um, he just felt so authentic. He wore, he wore his heart on his sleeve and um, he, he wasn't, yeah, he didn't want to hide the truth. It's like, like there's this thing about the authenticity of just telling your real truth that was really powerful about Tupac. Um, and Lauren Hill, um, yeah, just the way she articulates herself and um, puts her soul on, the, on, on, I was about to say on the page, but within music, mm. um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, her album is timeless for that fact. Um, tell me, tell me a bit about um, what foster care was like for you, and then how we hear that in your music. As I said, creativity was a, let's say, a coping mechanism, and I say that because um, not only because you could say I, I was neglected when I was at my mum's, but obviously, I, being older now, I don't, I don't look at it like that. It's just that she just had to make ends meet, and um, just she was working all hours, so she had to do what she had to do. But I felt. Uh, foster care was got better as I got older essentially um, uh -huh. I, I, I originally I went into private foster care which is kind of like uh, child minding um, where I, I I don't I'm not sure how uh, how much authority social services had over the situation um, but it just felt like yeah child minding um, but luckily social services took over that situation because the the, the private foster carers that I had they were pretty racist social services um, were more attentive over the situation and they could clearly see something wasn't right. So um, they took over the situation and then um, I've essentially went through uh, five different placements. Um, and I say the, the most amazing thing that I've, I've, I've kind of understood, especially when I talk to other um, care leavers, is that I, I'm quite blessed in the sense that my, the fifth placement that I had the carers, they're my family to this day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 35 now, but they're, they're my cheerleaders with, 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 with music, with anything I post on Facebook. If I ever need uh, a sofa to stay on, if I go back to Bournemouth, they're always available. Mm. Um, and that's, uh, that's an amazing thing, especially um, when I find out that, you know, a lot, a, a lot of care leavers, as soon as they leave care, they feel like they're on their own. They feel like they haven't got 
um, any support. So to have that support structure um, there is 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 being amazing, especially um, at Christmas. Um, even though I don't go back to Bournemouth a lot now, um, just th there's been some occasions where um, I've, I've tried to connect with my biological sisters and um, try and make Christmas a quite positive time. And it hasn't really worked out. And I, there was mm. one Christmas when I was alone. That idea of like, you know, we talk about like Christmas dinners for care leavers and, you know, and, you know, or if you go to university, where do you go in the holidays and stuff? It's a complicated question that really should have been answered by now because it's not news that, you know, care leavers need somewhere to go at Christmas. It's not news that university have, have holidays. Do you know what I mean? Like it, this, none of this is new information yeah. for people. And yet we're still having conversations around support ending too early even at you know even when they're 25 you know so I think yeah. it's really it, it, it's a really good point to hear you hear you make uh, just reminding people that actually like yeah you're 35 now but everyone still needs a little place to go where they feel like like home don't they you know it doesn't matter how yeah 100 percent um and like uh on on the point of Chris uh uh, care leavers coming together at Christmas or maybe that point wasn't made fully but for me that that Christmas when I was alone um I you know be, I think I was 27 at the time 28 and you know I thought you know I'm a big man I'll you know I'm resilient I'll get over this but and me thinking I'm a big man I'm like yeah I'm gonna be fine um and then it hit Christmas day and then I'm looking on social media and seeing everyone having a great time with their families and whatnot. And it just made me reflect about the situation that I'm in. Mm, um, yeah. and, and then I was just going into a darker place. And then um, I went on a run because that's, 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 that's just like music. It's just a way of, it feels like therapy to me. It's just a way of clearing my head. Um, and then I came back and I remember, I think it was Jamal Edwards. Um, I was looking at who's uh, the founder of SBTV, which is quite, a popular music platform at the time and he was at a, a Christmas dinner by a Tope project um, and as I'm aware and I think you've had Jerome on the podcast before we have Jerome, yes very much yeah. so so Jerome and Shanice are the founders of the Tope project mm. and Tope project was just seeing just seeing uh, Jamal Edwards at Tope project and, and realizing that oh my god like there's there's for this loneliness that I'm feeling there's this need has been uh, fulfilled or has been a, there's there's a place that I can go to next Christmas um, so I remember messaging um, Topo Project saying like hey guys like I definitely want to uh, be a part of this next year and, and help because I know how it feels to feel alone at Christmas so um, the fact that there's there's uh, you know this organization that's been created from care leavers that understand how it feels uh, to be alone at Christmas I think it's, it's an amazing thing and something that should have been uh, made aware of and represented a long time ago but um it's beautiful that you know okay cool it, it, the government hadn't done it but care leavers have, 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 have had this experience and they're they're going out of their way to make sure that as many people as possible don't feel like this again um and i feel so beautiful because i i, I think i I, got, I joined i uh, joined a christmas dinner with topo project in 2014 or 15 um, and I feel like there's been a ripple effect uh, across the country, let alone Europe, um, mm. of Christmas dinners for care leavers happening. Uh, and, it, and it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm glad that's, that need is being fulfilled. It's really, it's a big thing and it's a beautiful thing. 
but also you you know like I, I no one should feel alone like that and i think yeah you know, exactly that's why it's so important one of the lyrics of your music that really struck me and i'm going to get it wrong now is but you talk about like skydiving into this void is that one <laughs> that's you isn't it that yeah, really reminds me. me of that that just when you talk about like leaving care <laughs> that really like that really feels like a, the perfect image for that yeah yeah no that's uh yeah great point um yeah that's before i'm 25 um so i i created that song in lockdown and yeah, for me, I feel 25 was quite a significant time. You know, I was, I was, yeah, I was coming, I came out of uni, I guess, yeah, 23, uh, 23, 24. Um, and I was in the recession and um, for about a year, I was just trying to find my feet and just, you know, trying to find whether it was in the industry or just at home. Basically, I just remember it being quite stressful because, because I didn't go back to Bournemouth, um, I didn't, the help that I was getting from my pathways team uh, wasn't that great to be honest mm. I was like hey we can't get you a place we can't help you with accommodation unless you come back to Bournemouth and as I uh, wanted like a job in advertising and graphic design Bournemouth is not really <laughs> the place of opportunities <laughs> for that so I was just like <laughs> I need to go to London and and I had a relationship with my biological mum anyway um, and although it was very rocky I was like you know what in the meantime I'm going to move back to hers and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make it work and you know there's some friends or some people like are you sure you want to do that but because I just felt resilient I was like yeah I'll be fine um but the combination of uh graduating in a recession uh and going back to my mom's and and having a bit of difficulty with our relationship there it was, it was just quite a chaotic time um mm -hmm. When I eventually, you know, I was sending 100 emails a day to advertising agencies and, and, and uh, eventually got a job, I was, I was out of survival mode and, and just thinking about stress of home. So, you know, as soon as I got that job, I moved out of my mum's, had my own place. And um, I was in a space of like, okay, now I'm not in survival mode. Like, what, what, what do I actually want to do? And I started goal setting. So, so the three things I wanted to do before I was 25 was uh, write an album about my life, uh, go skydiving, literally, and uh, meet my dad for the first time. Um, and I did all of them things. Um, and it was so, uh, especially the album, the album was quite a commitment for me at that time because I was doing, you know, music basically in the summer holidays. Um, and it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't really in a, oh, this is a commitment. I just used to do it when I was inspired. But with the album, I needed to discipline myself. So I was like, all right, cool. I've got this nine to five job. When am I going to actually write this music? Okay, mm. I'm going to write every other evening um, between like nine till midnight, um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'm going to go to the recording studio on a Sunday. Um, and then, you know, obviously after even, you could say, yeah, three to four months, I've got an album there. But because I, I haven't put my, uh, myself in a space of like writing so consistently, obviously I got writer's block. And it was just more about getting into the practice of, of 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 uh, understanding how to write consistently and 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 really um uh yeah vent my feelings and vent how I feel about um my experience in care. So anyway, so I I, I did this album, um and before I'm twenty five, in a nutshell, is is to honor um just uh, goal setting and and really sky yeah skydive into your fears, skydive into your dreams because you're gonna grow from it like. You know, I've seen a quote that says, you know, fear, the acronym of fear is fear is just false evidence appearing real. And mm -hmm. 
And you know that that when I heard that for the first time, that really hit me because you know I had I had certain fears over like I don't know just just not not really meeting my dad, but I mean skydiving is an adrenaline rush, but obviously there's a fear factor to it as well. Um, <laughs> but you know I just I just I was just like as I said because I came out of a place of survival mode and just um, being in a, a in, in a decent job, I was like you know what do I really want to do in my life? I've always loved music. And I've got a secure job. So let me just do music and just see where it goes. I don't care about fame. I just care about telling my truth and having a, a project that really shows who I am as a, as a human being and my experiences. Mm. And if I can help any young person who's been in care um, with my music, then it's just to let them know, like, look, regardless of your past, you can make a positive future because I understand how you feel. I've been there. So what is the first step then? So any, any young person listening to this conversation that has got something that are a bit nervous about starting or, you know, feeling that fear. What do you think is the first step that helped you to kind of begin that process to be doing things despite being afraid of it? Um, I think you've got to say to yourself, like, literally, what's the worst that can happen? Like, a, a lot of, a lot of, when I, when I first heard uh, fear is false evidence appearing real, it made me think like, yeah, we're not in like saber tooth tiger times. Like, like <laughs> a lot of the fears that we we have now, they they've been um, we've what's the word? Not educated. It's been like a it's been like a doctrine that's been embedded in us mm. um, for whatever reason. Um, and once you realize that, then it's like I don't know. I just you feel like Neo in the Matrix, and it's just like, oh, you know, when my mum or certain people are like shouting in my face and they're being really angry I don't need to stoop down to their level and and project that back because that's a reflection of them that's not a reflection of me mm -hmm. so when you start realizing that yeah um you don't have to uh absorb um all of this media and all of all all of other people's energies you can direct your energy and your choice better yet to a place that you desire then I think that's a very powerful thing, especially as a care leaver, because it's like all your life, people have been telling you what to do and, and, and you haven't been in full control of your situation. Um, you've, you felt like you've been in sometimes in other people's homes uh, temporary and you don't know what the future holds for you. But then, you, you know, you get to a point where it's like, actually, I know what the future holds for me because I'm gonna write the next chapter. Like I'm, I'm the author of my story let me write the next chapter of my book. And I know it might not go um, <laughs> as beautifully as I want, but if I really focus on the, the process and the journey, then, then it's gonna be all good. It's an amazing achievement to have started something that was for you and for your self-expression and then for it to, you know, just grown kind of organically into other things. Do you feel you've grown as an artist as, as well from this, from this process? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I've, I've, I've. It's funny when I started doing workshops. Workshops. I used to call myself a rat therapist, <laughs> and uh, and obviously I haven't studied therapy, but I, 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 I kind of made that uh, let's say unique title. It's because rap was therapy for me. When I, when I kind of listen back to my first album, yeah, I cringe at it artistically, but what I find fascinating about it is that just putting my emotions on the page um it it, it really alleviated uh me f uh, the feelings of what I was writing and the emotions of what I was writing and it let me mm -hmm. look at it from a bird's eye view and be like oh my god I never realized that that's how I felt about that situation but 
the fact that I've I've let it out of me, I feel lighter. I feel like I'm more I'm more weightless because I'm not holding this emotion about how I feel about certain situations about care. So once I realized, yeah, that rap was actually a, a cathartic exercise, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to yeah spread that to other young people to let them know like look like this is not about performing on stage. This is this is your diary uh, for yourself so you can let go of certain emotions um, and, and traumas that, that, that you've been carrying with you. I've said this uh, a few times to people, but like when I realized that hip hop is the voice of the voiceless um, and I never heard from the perspective of someone who's been in foster care, I was like, that was almost like full throttle for me to talk about my experience. And mm. as, as much as I say that, there was a big doubt in my head that I should talk about it because, you know, I, I was talking to certain family members and they're like, oh, no, you shouldn't talk about your personal life. And, you know, I didn't see a representation of that within music either. So, so it was almost like I, 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 I wasn't confident on the process, but I just knew I had an inkling that I knew I had to do it. And what I love about, uh, you know, doing workshops and, 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 and connecting to young people now is just like, just through that connection and seeing them relate to my experiences, it's like, it, it, it's almost, uh, it's gave me more confidence and it's validated the fact that, no, this does need to be talked about. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a fascinating journey. That's all, that's, that's all we've got to say. Um, Tell me, you were saying like, cause you, you've done, you've produced a lot of music in lockdown. So you're having a slight pivot now to like a, a more visual, medium now tell me a bit uh, more about that well i graduated from uh, graphic graphic design um and i moved into motion graphics so motion graphics is essentially animation um and to be honest the way my my life has worked as a creative is that um as i said i'm before i'm 25 uh, i uh quit my job went freelance when a boy called rick was made a mastered and I went freelance because I needed more flexibility of actually, mm-hmm. how do I do a music campaign? What's a press release? Uh, how, how am I going to storyboard and do my music video? Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much on my mind on to actually make this project as, as powerful as possible. So yeah, I went freelance and um, essentially, yeah, the way my life has worked is that I've, I, yeah, I do a, a couple of weeks doing animation and, and, and then I, a couple of weeks focusing on music. Um, but it, it, to a big extent, it's like I've put so much uh, uh, energy into the music that I haven't, I'm almost like a yes man when it comes to animation. So I'm just like, let me just crack on with it because I know that this is going to fund um, my career with with music or just going to fund uh, my my personal project. But yeah, I'm getting into that space where I'm just like, you know what, let me, let me focus more on the visuals. And you never know, maybe I'm like, a, I've, I've applied for... Um, youth music funding behind the scenes because off of the back of a, uh, a recent project with Corum, where we used the Corum archive to help be the catalyst for care leavers to tell their story through music and spoken word. I, I found that was, yeah, that was super powerful. And um, just seeing these care leavers like, yeah, express themselves and tell their story. I was like, you know what? My, my kind of catalyst to doing music was like, all right, cool. Um, I've never, from the experience of someone who's been in foster care so let me do it and I was like you know what what's the next step now well it'll be great if I can make a care leaver record label mm-hmm. now the thing is if I don't get the youth music funding to do this care leaver record label 
I'm perfectly content because the care leavers that I met from this current project, they're creating their own label anyway. Like, you know, obviously it's DIY, it's independent, but you know, I'm, I'm connected with them on Instagram. I'm glad I've had that ripple effect to, to give other people the confidence to do their label, regardless of me making my own care leaver label. You know, there's, there's this potential funding for, from uh, youth music, you know. I don't know, all I know is that the future's gonna still be creative. I'm still gonna be following my curiosity and helping in any way that I can to care leavers and, and, and just, and just in, trying to inspire with my creativity. Essentially, before I, I even was confident about telling my story in care, all I wanted to do is inspire through my creativity. That's all I knew. I was inspired by Basquiat. I was inspired by Tupac, Lauren Hill. I was just, I was inspired. And especially with hip hop, what I loved about it is that, um, to be honest, when it comes to like uh, being one of the few black people in my school in Bournemouth, it was almost like hip hop was only the kind of commercially representative things that made me feel more confident mm-hmm. um, about being black, uh, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Well, listen, Rick, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure talking to you on the IMO podcast and you've really inspired me. So I know that everyone else listening is going to be really inspired as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest.